Welcome to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey. I gotta have me more boats and hoes. Hmm. Boats I, and hoes. Boats you know, and did hoes. I int- guys, did I introduce myself? No one cares about who you are. I'm Rob. <laughs> hi, hi, Robin. <laughs> In in this minute, we're talking about minute can 31. We, can we oh, call you Robin? Oh no, do not call me Robin. Uh, Duff, what do you think I'm, about this? Well, guys, the f- that he got mad about it means we're going to call him Robin. <laughs> is it? Did you get called Robin when you were a little kid? No, the fact is I'm no one sidekick. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we do know you don't play well with others. So. That's true. Can we, Guys, are you ready to go back to Titanic? Doesn't matter. I mean, I guess... We are going to talk about minute 31 of Titanic. In this minute, Titanic goes full speed ahead. This is a big week. We got uh, an iconic, not just for the movie, but an all-timer scene this week. We do. I have thoughts on that one. But we're not there <laughs> keep, yet. Keep them. I'm just saying, uh, just this whole sequence, it's uh, pretty big, guys. This is where this is where we're, the listeners will just really sign up for the podcast. <laughs> Uh, so this minute starts with uh the the people and the 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 guys in the bridge, um, kind of sending down a message to the engine room, and I am fascinated by the telegraph control that was used in these ships to sort of like bring those messages from the bridge down to the engine room. Do we uh, know what that uh that thing's called? Uh, the wheel thingamajig. It's a telegraph control. All right. So it actually sends a telegraph. And so what happens is the bridge changes the speed, which rings the engine room. And then the engineers um, see where it moved to, and then they move their handle to the same position that signals that they acknowledge the order and are, are going to adjust the speed. It's really cool. And it I, is super I, cool. I, yeah. I really hate that we agree. but Yeah, it's a pretty cool machine. The only way it could be cooler, and I thought of this when I was watching, is what if it was the Walker Texas Ranger lever from Conan O'Brien? <laughs> Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> I think what that's if, what, what if that's Chuck what Norris I came was the captain. Oh, that would have been an interesting casting choice. <laughs> that would have been pretty good. Um, uh, that I think that's where I landed because I didn't know what to call that thing. So I'm like, well, it's now it's the Walker Texas Ranger lever. Well. I went, so a couple things. One, I went, okay, first, my dumb thing. At uh. first, I didn't understand because I thought, like, the br- <laughs> the bridge just sent a message and then all the engineer does, like, yep, okay, and then just hit a switch and then that did all the work. Um, <laughs> what? Like, I just, <laughs> like. Like you thought it was computerized somehow? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Even though computers wouldn't be invented for, like, 30-some <laughs> more years? No, I, I just mean, like. Because we see the bridge, you know, change it to full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. And then we see the guy in the engine room move his to full speed ahead. So in my head, that was like telling the ship, like, 
go faster, and I just sort of oh, blanked out. Acknowledging that he received the order? Yeah. Uh, because then if that was the case, then the captain could just do it from up there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it would kind of make everything that we see in this minute worthless because what's happening is people yelling at everyone to like go full speed ahead and put more coal and do all this like engine room stuff the engine room is the part of the ship i'm the most fascinated by and it's the this is the first time going through this again where i like had a reaction to what i saw and i was like oh cool those giant pistons are awesome yeah yeah and uh a little bit of uh, fun fact about those, I guess, two fun facts. Um, if it's a long shot, they are models. But if it's a close-up, those are from an actual ship. Uh, James Cameron and crew went to, let me see. Um, they went to, it's like a Navy cruiser, or it's a some type of boat that's uh, one. Ship boat or a ship? Ship, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Co- sorry, Cora. It's one-third the size and uh, the pistons or whatever, um, they are, to quote James Cameron, triple expansion reciprocating engines. Thanks, James. Um, so, yeah, those, are, those things are real. Um, but the people were digitally added later because they don't need people to be down there all the time now. The, the other uh, – I have another fun fact about this scene that I don't know if you dug up, Duff, but I was delighted to, to hear about. And that is that they were kind of concerned. They sort of wanted that that whoa effect that you got, Joe. Um, so they were like, you know, people are sort of used to seeing things like this now. How do we make it even more impressive? So they, so the model is actually like a third larger in scale than it actually was because they wanted to make it seem even bigger. And not only that, <laughs> but they hired. All the stuntmen they hired are all five feet tall so that everything looks even bigger. They hired short stuntmen. Wow. <laughs> they found some local jockeys to come in. Is it all, is it, was it the Munchkin still alive from Wizard of Oz? <laughs> yeah, it's them. It's them, yeah. Um, may, I, may I propose something? Oh, absolutely. Let's yes. hear it. So I, I think we've lost a lot of wheel-related command modules. Like, we don't have the rotary telephones anymore. Mm-hmm. I propose that we bring back wheels to deliver orders. And rather than these pizza places delivering or creating these web apps, you know, like Domino, I hate mentioning brands on here, but okay. So Domino's has the thing where you can see where your pizza is. Yeah. Instead, I think that loyalty, like loyal, if you're in a loyalty program with these chains, because they're the only ones probably wealthy enough to do this. I should be able to turn one of these uh, engine order telegraphs to what <laughs> kind of pizza I want. And then when the pizza place receives my order, it moves the lever to that place. <laughs> That's pretty good. And, and then I, they have another one where when the pizza leaves the pizza place, I receive a message and then I switch to, I am ready to eat <laughs> away from I'm waiting. Uh, like I'm, I'm waiting to eat to like, uh, oh, I guess that one, that one we need some work, the phrasing on it. Yeah, would 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 it be would it look like the telegraph control from Titanic, or would it look like a pizza? No, I, I like say, the idea that it's guys below, like shoveling coal, sweaty guys for the pizza like, furnace, like the pe- the wood burning stoves. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oi, mate, Joe needs a pizza now. <laughs> Fabri- no, no, no. You got to do it in the fr- you got to do it in the Fabrizio voice. Uh, <laughs> hey, pizza. Joe needs a pizza. <laughs> 
or the Chewbacca voice. <laughs> so if if you <laughs> if you if if you had to pay, do you guys have a favorite like local pizza place? You don't have I to do. mention it yeah. by name, but I, okay. So would you yeah, be willing to I, pay a hundred dollars to have this system installed? But a perk is that, uh, other than the fun of pulling that lever, is that you your order immediately gets bumped up to the top of the list, so you get mm. to the delivery list, so you get your pizza faster. So it's a priority pizza wheel. Yeah. Priority pizza uh, order I, telegraph. The so the pot. I, I have to you have. Be- before I can answer this, I, I do need this answer. I, I don't know if you got to it, but is this the the thing with the switch? Does it look like it does here, or is it shaped like a pizza? Well, they the, <laughs> you can have you can get it. <laughs> oh, in each like section is a slice with different toppings on it, and you move yeah, it to talking. the kind of pizza there's you an, want. There's yeah. well, there's good. There's a a section on the wheel for crazy bread. So what you'd have to have, so what you'd have to have almost, I'm thinking about this way more than I should, but you'd have like the wheel and the top half would be pizza, like toppings and stuff. And then the bottom half would be your weight. So then you would like choose your pizza and then they would respond and it would go to a number and you're like, okay, it's 20 minutes from now. Okay. Yeah. So that way, you know, not only do you get the acknowledgement, but you also know how long until your pizza, your priority pizza would be delivered. Yep. I like, I like yes. I like this idea. Um, I then will, you don't I'm, have to talk to anyone on the phone, which is a critical, critical component yes. to me ordering anything. <laughs> yes. No. No human interaction. Um, I, I like. the one. I will say one more thing related to this whole uh, telegraph delivery system. Uh, <laughs> when when Rob was talking earlier about how he learned. Like he didn't realize that they just didn't push a button. Were you just wondering, like, why didn't they ask Alexa to steer the ship? <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, full speed ahead. <laughs> full speed ahead, Rob. Um, Siri, are there icebergs? <laughs> when it comes to, like heating and cooling things, I. <laughs> when it comes to heating and cooling things, I have no idea how they how they work. So I have uh, my house uses radiant heat, and like. Whenever we have like any issues with our boiler, I look at it and it might as well be this engine room scene. Like I just have no clue. I've I have no idea. I assume there's probably just little gnomes that look like those guys inside of it that uh, heat our house. Heat rises, and that's yep. about as much as I know. Well, what you do in a pinch, if your boiler goes out, you can just build a fire underneath the boiler, and that wood fire will heat your water until a repairman can get there. Is that that seems like a poor idea? Why? I don't think our listeners should try this. Heat no, rises. Don't. Yeah, heat rises. Okay, you're right. Um, we also see uh, per- the propellers underwater uh, once the engine room gets everything going, and apparently that is one of the few all-digital shots in the movie. Uh-huh. I thought it was James Cameron's bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think his bathtub is like Francis's bathtub in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? And it's just filled with big scale, like big replicas of boats that he's he wears around, like plays a, with. And he wears like a captain's hat when he takes a bath. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he only he's taken a vow that he'll only bathe in the salt water of the ocean. <laughs> or you think he's James bathed Cam- by lasers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack and Fabrizio run to the front of the ship. 
really lacks security on that ship. Right. Uh, so so I, gonna, I didn't know if you want to talk about that today or tomorrow. Well, it's, I, I just should we go this because this is a Neil deGrasse Tyson like take. I don't know. So should we go I, Tyson Tuesdays when we talk about things <laughs> that couldn't happen? All right, let's. I like this. Let's wait for Tyson Tuesday. Uh, yeah. I, I one more thing about the special effects is my last note. I guess unless you want me to really dig into about the uh, uh, even more about the telegraph control, but um. So one of the special effects guys, I should have probably caught his name, talked about that James Cameron mentioned to him the way you do special effects is you never do the same trick twice. So back to Duff's point about how there was like, you know, you, you have some CG stuff, but you have models, and then you also have cutting to like actual um, uh, pistons and stuff going, that if you keep mixing it up like that with different techniques, then people don't notice what's fake and what isn't as quickly, which I think is pretty basic advice, but also very good advice. And I think this is why we're sort of seeing in, you know, movies now like a mix of digital and practical effects because it, it does make a big difference to help us suspend belief. And there is a, I, when you started talking, I, I was going to make a joke about how it's like the prestige, but to a certain extent, if you're making these effects in movies it is kind of like being a magician and that you have to make people you know have suspension of disbelief and you have to have you have to mix it up while you're actually pulling the the con or whatever it is the the illusion yeah i agree um that's all i have for this minute i know that we have uh google group monday but i want to see if either of you guys have anything else to say about minute 31 i used to be very into like movie scores back in the day and I'm not sure if you if you're aware or not, but James Horner kind of has a reputation of ripping himself off and yeah, he does. some <laughs> of his stuff. And I was just during this scene, um, a lot of the music like this sounds exactly like Star Trek Two, and it it really just kind of drove home what's kind of been I've seen on certain like if you go soundtrack sites and whatnot that James Horner's really really good when he's not ripping himself off or was um, I, I R.I.P. James Horner. I I I have a I I uh, he's on the cast and crew commentary and he mentioned that once he was given this project and had like the I don't know I mean I guess he had seen the movie or, or however that works in the order that you do the score but what? he went back and he said he's. <laughs> Are you suggesting that they write the score and then watch the movie? No, I'm not. I I'm, think you were. I, let me let me restart. All right. James Horner had watched the movie and then he went back to write the score, and uh, then he, he went said, back to the Titanic. But he wasn't ready. <laughs> he said he spent only about 25 minutes, and he had all the major themes in the movie like written out, hmm. which is crazy. I think that's about how long it took James Cameron to write the script, too. <laughs> I think James Horner's 25 minutes were more productive in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Duff, it's yeah. Google Group Monday. It yeah, is. Let's go back in time. Let's go back. Going back in time. Today, we'll go back to uh, September of 99, and Mr. Simon Jones had a post uh, the first part is not really what I'm focusing on, but I'll just read the whole thing. It's short. He says, I have just two criticisms of this superb film. One, three or four lines that are cringe-makingly clumsy, cliched, and out of place. 
two examples that spring to mind. Look at his use of color. Isn't it great? So that's the Picasso thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and we'll want to be ready, won't we? And why can't I think of where that's from in the movie? We'll want to be ready, won't we? We're going to have to... Joe, can you put that on your chalkboard? So, yep, writing it down. All right. So, yeah, I, I didn't know that either. Now, the second part, and I think Joe will have an opinion on this, is <laughs> he says, he says, I have just two... So he has two criticisms. One was just a couple of lines that are clumsy. Just a couple. <laughs> and then his second part is that he does not like a pervasive and depressing anti-English bias in the characterization. (laughs) This may be de rigueur among the self-loathing Saxons of Hollywood, but it's also spiteful and unnecessary, and it doesn't go unnoticed. That, I think, is literally the first time in my life I've ever heard someone claim anti-British bias. (laughs) First of all, uh, when you colonize, like, half the world... (laughs) You lose the right to be a victim in all circumstances. So there's one, there's opinion number one, and I'll have more. Uh, <laughs> I just like the term self-loathing Saxons of Hollywood. I like what a weird thing to be offended by. Well, what have we seen so far? Uh, thus far, nothing will. We'll get more into it in this I've week, seen, actually. To be fair, uh, there's plenty of other cultures that have that can be much more rightly offended based on what we've seen so far. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, like, it's a me, Fabrizio. <laughs> yeah, do, do, the, do, the do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank if, you, If Doug. only he had found some blocks to hit some gold coins out of, then he wouldn't have had to play poker. Yeah. If only if only Jack would have loaned him his Mario his uh, frog suit he could have swam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he tried to toss Jack the star oh. before he fell off the door, but <laughs> only lasted of ninety seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> my only plug before we before we end the minute is uh, to our listeners to go to titanicminute.com and sign up for Sinking Feelings so you can. Uh, figure out what we're talking about <laughs> and our references to Mario suits. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 32. Um.